Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 170. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. For those in Canada, I hope you had a fantastic Victoria Day long weekend. I think in the UK, it was also a bank holiday. And if you're in the United States, uh, then you've got Memorial Day to look forward to this weekend. So hope you have some fun plans ahead. But for now, let's keep you occupied with some fast and furious podcast action. I say fast and furious because today we are joined by August Burns Red drummer Matt Griner. And if you know August Burns Red, you know what I mean by fast and furious. This stuff is heavy. And they are as heavy now as they were 20 years ago when they first started as a band, which is something that they have been praised for. And of course, supplying the rhythm section, Matt is a big part of that. And this is one of those pleasantly, I don't want to say pleasantly surprising because I've been there before, but often people associate heavy music with kind of aggressive, scary people. And that could not be further from the truth in most cases. And in this case, especially Matt is probably one of the nicest people that I've had on this podcast. My PR rep said that uh, the whole band are like the nicest people in metal. And I believe him. Matt is a super nice dude and was not afraid to be honest at all. And that makes for such a great episode. Matt is a devoted Christian and he also plays drums in a very heavy band. And that probably comes with a lot of criticisms and a lot of complications in his life. Um, And he talks to those and I really appreciate his honesty. And we talk about a lot of fantastic things in this interview. So I'm really excited to share it with you. So August Burns Red uh, released their ninth or 10th studio album, depending on if you count the Christmas album. Um, That's a discussion that their fan base kind of have. But they've released their most recent record. It's called Death Below. It came out in March. You can find it wherever you get your music. They're currently touring this album as part of their 20th anniversary tour. And I met up with Matt in their tour bus outside the Danforth Music Hall ahead of their two-night run there. And I also heard that they will be back again in a few months playing with Ice Nine Kills, which is really, really cool. So if you like August Burns Red and maybe you miss them this time or maybe just want to see them again, they are back again in August. And I think that shows at Rebel. August in August. There you go. And if you're an Adamantium podcast listener who is new to August Burns Red, well, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment. And that's where I pick a few songs to recommend to you that you could check out before or after the interview. You can also find a selection of these songs now on the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. So go and check that out. I usually like to kick this list off with something new. So off that brand new album, Death Below, that came out in March, I'm going to recommend the song Ancestry, which also features vocalist Jesse Leach of the band Kill Switch Engage. And then from their 2020 album, Guardians, I'm going to recommend the song Defender. From their 2017 album, Phantom Anthem, I recommend the song Invisible Enemy. And definitely check out that music video because it's a performance video, but the band are puppets and there's nothing like puppets jamming out to heavy metal. My next recommendation is from their 2015 album, Found in Faraway Places. I'm going to recommend the song Identity, which actually earned them a Grammy nomination for Best Metal Performance. And then my last recommendation is from their 2009 album, Constellations. 
and I'm going to recommend the song Mariana's Trench. And that's it. So that gives you plenty to listen to. Go check out August Burns Red's latest album, Death Below, and go check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. And if you are an ABR fan who is tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so, so much for joining us. If you enjoy today's episode, we'd love to have you back again. So please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. We've had many other metal bands on this show, as well as artists from every genre, and even not just musicians, um, other very talented and interesting people across our 170-episode catalog. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can also find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that's it for now. So why don't we get into today's interview and introduce you to Matt Greiner, the drummer of August Burns Red, right here on episode 170 of the Adamantium podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate each and every second that you spend listening to this podcast. This podcast is a passion project that is fueled by a love of music and meeting interesting people and all the wonderful feedback I get from all of you. So thank you so much again. God bless you. I hope you have a fantastic week. If you're American, a happy Memorial Day to you ahead. Show some love to each other. And just as importantly, show some love to yourself. We'll see you back here on the Adamantium podcast real soon. All right, so we're here with Matt from August Burns Red. Again, thank you, man, for, for taking some time uh, out of busy day here to uh, to do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Cool. So, I mean, one thing that's really, really awesome about you guys is just that just, just in March released the, depending on how you look at it, ninth or 10th album. I hear that's <laughs> a bit of a, a debate. Yeah. Yeah. So Death Below came out in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you include the, the Christmas album or not, it's your ninth or 10th album. Right. Tell me um, when you're 10 albums deep. How are you guys as a group, how do you guys stay focused, stay creative, stay inspired to still be putting out fresh, fresh material? How, how do you guys work hmm. that? I can't take a lot of credit for how many albums we've done and how hmm. consistently we release them. I would say if you were to put together a, have you heard of like the super group idea of like right. a, of a whole bunch of musicians from different bands hmm. that make this power team? My the guys in my band, when I think about it in a mm-hmm. question format like this, it's like, oh my gosh, what did I really do to drive this record home to start the writing process for this? I didn't really do anything. I just waited until songs ended up in my inbox, and I wrote drums to them. Mm-hmm. That I can take credit for, but the actual work ethic and drive and taking the initiative to to write new music Mm -hmm. and to do so consistently for so many years is something that I um, am very thankful to be in a band with the guys I am Mm -hmm. for. So JB and Dustin write most, JB and Dustin write all of the songs for the band. Okay. From a musical perspective. Right. And then what they do is they have generic drums in the programmed MIDI okay and they send them to me and then I take the songs piece by piece and I create my drum parts 
I memorize my drum parts and I apply my drum parts. Okay. So as a drum teacher, that's actually a process I teach a lot to my students. Yeah. Creation, memorization, application. You can play, let's say a paradiddle, which is a pretty typical drum sticking or rudiment. And a lot of people can play a paradiddle. Mm -hmm. So you create it, which just means you play it. Then you memorize it, play it fast, slow, hard, soft, talk over top of it and then you apply it. Mm -hmm. And that is the process that I love so much about the band is you take something that everybody can do, in air quotes, mm -hmm. and you make it sound like it's yours. Right. And from a drumming perspective, that has always been, I think my, not I think, that has always been my strength. Mm -hmm. I'm a better writer on the drum set than I am performer. Okay. I like creating parts that are cool and creative and sound unique okay. more than I like performing those songs. And I like performing. Right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like recording them, but it's it's there's something very special about doing something creatively. Yeah. That's never been done. Okay. Because it's your song. It's your and you're working together with your team and putting it together. Right. But taking the initiative, which I think goes to your question mm -hmm. I really can't take credit for that that's mm -hmm. I see a song in my inbox and I say here but, we go no I think it applies to you too because think about like you've been creating drum rhythms for mm -hmm. songs for 20 years, 20 years. Now. yeah how 20 years later are you feeling like do you still feel like you learn something new ever with every record oh my gosh. are you you know do you feel like from the third record to this yeah. ninth or tenth record, yeah. Do you feel like, oh man, my drumming's come a long way? Like, how how are you? Do you still feel like you can be creative, or are you like, man, I've run out of, you know, like, mm -hmm. obviously you're not feeling like, man, I've run out of ideas. Yeah. So, how do you how do you find as a drummer? I'm a drummer too. Yeah. And sometimes it's like like anything, like a writer has writer's block. Sometimes yep. I like I just not feeling it. I'm yeah. sitting behind the kit and I'm like, nothing is coming mm -hmm. to me. You know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I've I've definitely gone through that on a song to song basis. Where right. I'm like, nothing I write is cool. Okay. I don't like this. But then, okay, here's a perfect example. A couple albums ago, we were writing a song called Spirit Breaker. Okay. And there's a drum beat in the beginning of the in in the middle of the song. Chill part, four four timing, mm -hmm. pretty straight ahead. When guitars are not doing a whole lot, I find drumming fills the space right. and when the guitars are going crazy mm -hmm. the drums are usually more simplistic yeah well this is a really simple guitar part it's right I think it's clean too so I was writing this groove it took me like two hours okay and I finally got it down created it memorized it and then started to apply it hi-hat kick and snare I was like that's really cool and I was like crap I have another 30 seconds of music before I get to the next rhythm and I have nothing to feed off of mm. musically that's that is what helps you as a drummer, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a breakdown pattern. I'm going to follow that. Yeah. Oh, there's melodies I can follow and accent. I'm going to follow that. But there's nothing really there to accent. So that's when I had this light bulb moment of saying to myself, wait a second. I just did the work in creating this and memorizing it. It's like I trained to run a marathon right. and I only ran a mile. Right. Why don't I just use this sticking and start to move it around? Okay. And I did. And that's when this whole idea of you have something special as a drummer. Mm -hmm. It's really not your drum set or your gear. It's really not your pedals or your cymbals that give you your sound. It's it's you. Like yeah. that should actually be really freeing mm -hmm. to you that you can go anywhere in the world and sit down at a drum set and you're the the biggest factor. Right. And you 
sounding like a drummer. Mm-hmm. And so after that, um, that kind of lit a fire under my butt again because okay. I was like, oh, wow, I can use that formula. And, um, you know, you go through phases where you feel burnout. Yeah. You feel exhausted by it. I, I'd say more recently for me, I've been learning a lot about how, as a performer, I I want to remind myself that this is the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. And when I get up on stage to play, if you go into it saying, I cannot believe I get to do this, mm-hmm. you might not play perfectly, you yeah. might not even play better, but you'll enjoy what you're doing, mm-hmm. and people see that. Yeah, They can sense that about you. And I think that that's been the biggest lesson I've learned 20 years later, yeah, yeah. Like you asked, you still learning, you know, you still yeah. still figuring this out. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like yeah. in the last two weeks, I'm right. still figuring this out. My body hurts. I've been on tour for a while. My hip <laughs> right. flexors are sore. Yeah. My cap, like there's parts of my body that are just, I didn't know I had muscles there. Especially playing the way you do. How, like, man, how much do you think you're burning a night? <laughs> a couple calories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I once saw like a documentary on Motley Crue or whatever, and Tommy Lee put like a pedometer on his ankle. Mm-hmm. And like through his two-hour show or something, he had run yeah. like 13 miles or something. That like sounds that. right, so, actually. Yeah. I did the same thing in college. I had yeah. a little pedometer, put it on my shoelace, and I ran something like 12 miles. Yeah. I, I was in Europe. My my teacher, I got home. It was like a phys ed class. Yeah. My teacher's like, you cheated. <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't. Yeah. And she's like, you put this in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is clever, actually. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah. I'm like, well here's a video of yeah. me playing drums it'll make sense within yeah. a minute and yeah. she watched it I think she watched it because yeah. she's like okay you get a passing grade yeah yeah <laughs> I remember once like before these like these uh, came a long way I had like a Nike armband that that you know tracked your activity or oh whatever. yeah mm-hmm. and it was like I went out for a run or whatever and it was like man I, you know I ran for 45 minutes and I burnt like Three, four hundred calories or whatever. Yeah. And I got on the drums, and because it's on your arm, they didn't know how to measure it. I guess at the time, because it was on my arm, it was like, in the last, you know, twenty minutes, you ran like six miles. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> a lot of this. Come, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But so, what about like, when someone in the band comes to you with a song? I'm thinking about on the new album, a song like like Ancestry, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a song that when I read the lyrics Mm -hmm. and watched the video Mm -hmm. like it gave me chills yeah you know when you've got like the tone of the song you know does that impact the way you're creating drums too that's a good question yeah it would make sense that it would but Mm. the way that we write is lyrical content comes last okay so i have no idea right what the message is going to be for this song i only know how it sounds right which at some point can give you yeah it is it's, it's unique yeah it is unique. It, it, most people would say when most people say how did you know what to write for this song mm-hmm. what what i think they might mean is like well you you know what the lyrics are so you're going to write according to that yeah, which yeah. makes sense that's what everybody does mm-hmm. but we write the music first and then we have imagine a bunch of pieces of paper yeah. with lyrics on them and we're like okay where should this lyric go right and we apply okay. it to the song that has the right sound yeah. so in a way I know sometimes if it's gonna have a happier message or yeah a more pissed off message based on yeah 
if it's major or minor i think most right. of our songs are minor anyway but yeah and mean sounding uh <laughs> but some sometimes you can kind of tell what you're gonna do yeah for drumming though it's drumming's so mechanical for me yeah i i am an artist i play drums yeah but i try to tell people the rest of my life is very much so like drumming, even though it has nothing to do with an instrument, and right. that I farm when I'm home, or yeah. I, I love working yeah. with my hands, landscaping, and working on my property, and yeah. all, all of that is like drumming to me, yeah. even though I'm not playing an instrument. It makes sense that I like drumming, because it's very, two plus two equals four, yeah. you work hard doing this thing, and you get better at this mm -hmm. thing, and you're moving your limbs, and yeah. so it's not as feeling-based, yeah. It's not as emotional of an instrument as obviously vocals are. Right, right. Or even what JB writes on guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of, now that you've told me about the process, one of the questions I was going to ask too is because one thing that you guys, I noticed you guys do that most bands don't, is a lot of your albums you re release as instrumental versions. Yeah. And I mean, now that you tell me that process, it kind of makes, make, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, because you're doing all that kind of work first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The instrumental aspect of the band is always that. That's why our Christmas albums are fun. Yeah. And I think pretty well received because yeah. vocally Jake is one of the best in the business. Mm -hmm. But we can take away Jake almost as if he's another instrument, and yeah. we still have this song. song. Yeah. Well, I mean, like even you know some people say, but like. Drums, drums can sing too. You know, mm -hmm. guitar can sing as well. Absolutely. You know? so. There's a lot of melody in of your toms. Yeah. You know, I, I play a 10 inch, 12 inch, 16 inch, and yeah. they're tuned so that the 10 inch and the 16 inch are an octave. Okay. Basically, not yeah. exactly, but the 12 would be a fifth. Yeah. So it's like ding, ding, ding. Well, same with I read that when Dave Grohl was learning guitar, he thought of the guitar or parts of a song like his drums. Oh yeah. And that he because he didn't know how to play guitar so he thought of like um it was like the low end of the neck was like his toms and like when he was going into a chorus hind it was more like snare, snare and snare and, and hi-hat yeah. really yeah so huh. he listened he thought of his guitar like a set of drums but on a stick yeah <laughs> yeah wow which is that's yeah, pretty cool nuts yeah so dave Grohl made me feel good about myself because like he too couldn't read music yeah and the other thing too is uh, he's never played. He's never played on a click track mm -hmm. or anything like that. And are the, you serious? Yeah, he had to for the Grammys, and he was. He's, he said he was all nervous about it because he never played to a click. Track. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Yeah, I can believe the drum, the drum notation part. I, my next interview actually is with a company who puts out our drum, uh, drum and guitar notation. Okay, and we're gonna start off the interview by me saying. I can't even read drum notation. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Me, I always played by ear. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I, I thought it was cool to read that. And same same thing when I read that, because last year I got asked by like a pop artist to put drums to their music, and they had me play on a click track, and I was like... What was it like for you? It was weird. Yeah. It was really weird. And especially, I had a really hard time at first because... I didn't own in-ears, so the first couple oh times gosh. they were doing it in the studio, and I couldn't hear the click over everybody's playing. Oh my gosh! So I was like, "How can I follow this if I can't even hear it?" No, you know, like, you gotta so. have in-ears. We yeah. can't play a single part of our show without a click track. Really? Like the drum one, solo yeah. is to a click track. Really? I hear beep 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 five six seven eight. Dun, really? Yeah. Did that take a while to get used to, or you just now you've been? It really, yeah. it really. For it, me, I was it like, really it was, didn't. 
Well, I say that. I tried out for a church worship band when yeah. I was a kid, and I got turned away, and I think it's because I sucked at playing to a click track. Right. I just thought of that now. As far as I can remember, far back as I can remember, it was never an issue. But now that I'm thinking about it, in the beginning, I think I was probably all over the place with that click track right. because I had no experience with it. Yeah. Now I listen to a click two hours it's a day. Like, yeah. Now it's, I don't even hear it. For me, I was like, I'm just used to playing with a bunch of dudes in a garage, you know? Like right. That's, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> you know? I was like, what is this fancy uh, headset? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys are currently now, like you said, you've been a band for tw- 20 years. You're on your 20th anniversary tour. Tell me the other the other part of it is, I mean, that's, that's probably a longer relationship than any other in your life you know mm. <laughs> probably that's true yeah how what is what is a key for you guys to staying a band and and not killing each other <laughs> 20 mm. years later that's a, that's a great question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i think our country well i'm in canada right now yeah i think the u.s would do themselves a favor if Politically speaking, or in mm. you know whatever capacity, if you run a business, if if you look at something like what of what we've been able to do here, yeah. where where you you figure it out, mm-hmm. we've had years that were not great as a band, <laughs> and we fought about it, and we figured it out, and we just stayed committed to yeah. the cause. Okay, and I think that's the key: is find a common goal. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was. I started a Christian band that was going to tell people about God. Right. And eventually, as we grew up, not everyone had that same idea. Mm-hmm. And so we had to reevaluate and right. fight about it and be like, well, what? Okay, it might not be that. Mm-hmm. So what is it now that we're dropping the Christian title? Right. And it's like, okay, well, we're looking to be a positive influence in the world. That's good. We're looking to play our instruments well and write good music that we're proud of. That's good. Mm-hmm. We're looking to be a business that makes money. That's good. Yeah. Um, we can all get on board with that. Yeah. And and so now you're working to create a, a way for those things to happen. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would say is look look each other in the eyes. Yeah. Because in your head, you can get in your own head about what somebody else is or what they think or what they don't think or who they should be or shouldn't be. But as soon as you just talk it out, yeah. And you say, hey, how are you? You remember, hey, you have you know, history with this person. Yeah. And there's a relationship there. And are you really going to throw it away mm-hmm. over a disagreement? Right. Or you being in a bad mood or whatever it might mm-hmm. be? There's so many factors to this. Yeah. But ultimately, it's it's a really good life it's lesson like a marriage, in, in, yeah. in being committed to something, yeah. being married. Yeah. It's like Sticking a with it. Yeah. Absolutely. What about, like, I'm... You, you were mentioning because like as coming from a, a Christian myself what about navigating navigating this this world this mm-hmm. heavy metal world oh yeah I, I just mean, actually responded to an email have, this morning that's about had this. to have had its you know weights as well yeah there are times when I'm like ugh I'm so tired of being around people that just are cursing all the time right, right? okay right. so it's just like little things that get on your nerves yeah and then you go home and you you go into a church mm-hmm. And you hear the same thing, just instead of it being curse words, it's all the same buzzwords. Right. And it it actually, surprisingly, it's like, oh, wow, that kind of grosses me out, too. Mm-hmm. So what is it really? Is, is it that we're all on the same playing field here? Right. Or, is, or are you looking down your nose at other people saying, right. 
you shouldn't be like that, you know? Right. I, it took me a while to figure that say, out. I you probably get it at both ends, too. Even in Absolutely. the church world, they're like, well, you're on a heavy metal band. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, they're just throwing you away. Yeah, of course. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. and it's 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 humbling. I'll say I'll say it this way: it's 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 yeah. humbling when you see someone who doesn't believe the same thing you do, mm-hmm. and yet they're a better dad, mm-hmm. or they're a better husband, or they're a better friend, yeah, or they're a better person. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh my gosh, this is what Christianity's been saying the whole time. I right. just missed it. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yeah, it's actually about you saying. I don't have it figured out. I come up short every time. Mm-hmm. And being humble. Yeah. Can you be humble? What can I do to be better? Yeah. Yeah. I I realized in the last couple of weeks while talking to my wife about some things that I, this this industry, one kind of destructive thing that happens is mm. people tell you all the time how awesome you are. Right. And you think, well, yeah. I'm humble. It's okay. I, yeah. I don't believe it. And something came up recently where I was like, oh my gosh, I think I let it get to my head and I'm... I've like taken it on in a way. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, Romans 12.1 is a verse I've been looking at. Romans 12.1 through 3. It talks about being a living sacrifice. And the mm-hmm. funny thing is about a living sacrifice is you have to put yourself back on the altar. Right. Because guess what? You're going to crawl off, which sounds crazy if you know nothing about Christianity. But just think about it this way. You have to constantly do the work mm-hmm. to be humble. Yeah. And people will build you up and make you into this somebody no matter if you're in a band or not Mm -hmm. and it's going to actually be destructive for you not beneficial because now you're looking for everybody around you to affirm you Mm -hmm. and your identity is based on what people say right you are which sucks Mm -hmm. because now you got to live up to it every day yeah every day i got to be a perfect drummer are you kidding me yeah i can't do that yeah and so instead of it being a fun show it's a burden right because you have to do a perfect job. Right. I'm not, I screw up all the time. Yeah. So instead of that, you're like, wait, I'm humble. This isn't my identity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get up and have a great time and not put myself above other people. Right. And uh, that is a really valuable lesson that yeah. I'm glad I've been able to learn through the band. Yeah. That's incredible, man. I mean, I don't... I It wasn't something I was originally going to ask. Just because yeah. I know it's, it's something even as, as myself. It's like there's... You know, you're expected to, to answer, you know, or, yeah, it's it's a different, you, you have two different passions. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they have to be the same, yeah. you know? Well, this is important like, to me. If if I'm going to do an interview, yeah. I might as well be talking about the things that right. actually matter and affect mm-hmm. my day. And this is I've always, top three I've always things. thought it must be super tough for Christian bands because if you put out a song that's not... Mm-hmm. Uh, about Christianity then you're criticized by that community oh yeah and then you know if you do you're criticized by the other community yeah it's like feels like there's no win when you're just trying to do something yeah one you love yeah you're just trying, two, to, play you're trying music. to do something positive yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, and, and and there's so many things that happen that people will never know yeah. you know but people in this band that are Christians aren't Christians whatever yeah, that are just amazing they're just yeah. amazing people yeah and to judge something from the outside is, is yeah. really just plain ignorant right unless you can know that person and yeah. talk to them also from a, a music perspective one thing I always found funny when you get to a band that's had nine ten albums it's like when you're reading reviews half the time you find it's like 
uh, these, you know, they're putting out the same album again. And it's like, you know, it's, there's nothing new here. It's like, that's one criticism. Then it's like, you change directions and it's yeah. like, they've alienated their fans because they're going in this direction. It's like, well, which do you want? Mm -hmm. Like, you want a perfectly different and same mm -hmm. album all at the same at time. At the same like, time. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah. You can't win them all. No, you can't win them at all. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No. no it doesn't. Like it doesn't. You're here to have fun, you know? It and, doesn't yeah. matter. It yeah. really does not matter. No, no. <laughs> really so doesn't. tell me then, on this 20th anniversary tour, are you getting to replay songs that you haven't gotten to play in a long time? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah? Yeah, we Was play... it tricky relearning some of them, or...? Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Like, so, some of the songs we've played recently, and other songs... Well, we've, we, we've played them all at some point yeah but what's challenging for me is we have two different set lists right so you start the set set a starts with fault line set b starts with composure right. and the flow is completely different mm -hmm. and that is weird right because we've never done it before that way yeah. and I'm, I'm so regimented that i get used to the flow yeah and so you're your your thought process going to the show is different. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm starting with this song, right? And it's going to go into this song. Mm -hmm. and okay, now I got to sit back on this one, and then it's going to. So learning the songs, okay, that's not that bad. But just the way they're the arranged is uh. is in, is sort of integral to right. how the how your performance is. Cool. At least as a drummer. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know if it's that way for everybody else. I I think it probably is for Jake because mm -hmm. he has to talk between certain songs and right. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's 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 so fun to meet people at the barricade who, you know, I met a kid the other day who was 18. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I started the band two years before you were even born. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I know that's. And then you meet somebody who saw us in 2003. Yeah. At a guy's backyard pool deck. Yeah. Show and that's just it's so it, cool. It, 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 well, it's because I I go to a. I don't, I go to a gym and there's a bunch of young kids there and stuff and we talk music sometimes and they're like, yeah, this band, like, well, I've never heard of them. And yeah. It's like, they were like the biggest band when I was in high school. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, well, my high school was 20 years ago. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> those guys are old dudes now. <laughs> it's the same with, I was watching, like, I'm, I'm a big soccer fan too. And same. My, Who do you my, like? I'm a Manchester United fan. Are you? I grew up, yeah. My, okay. So my parents are Irish. Yeah. And Ireland's best, Northern Ireland's best player of all time is a guy named George Best who mm -hmm. played for Manchester United. Yeah. So my dad was a fan of Manchester United. And then, so I watched them with him, and that's when David Beckham was mm -hmm. becoming David a Beckham. star. So then I became a fan. But I really like this guy named Wayne Rooney. Yep. And the other day I was thinking, I was like, man, Wayne Rooney's looking real old, and he's yeah. retired. And I was like, I remember him like getting his break with England when he was 19. And I was like, oh, right. I was 14. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now I'm 34, so he's probably like pushing 40. He so. does, though. He, he does, does he look. Aged, he did not age well. He did not age did not well. Age Unlike, well. you know, Ronaldo. Like David Beckham still looks probably Beckham. younger than me. You Beckham know? looks great. Yeah. I was actually just at Old Trafford for the really? first time. Yeah. I went so and. So who's your team? Um, well, it would have been Chelsea. Okay. But there's been so much of a mess happening over there. Yeah. So we have a player well, named there's, Christian Pulisic okay. from yes. Hershey, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, That's my pretty much my hometown. Yeah, he was uh, one of the heroes in the World Cup. Yep. Yeah. Christian Pulisic, awesome yeah. kid from yeah. from my hometown. Has that sweet uh, the tiger tattoo. The tiger, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I saw what was 
Actually, as it turns out, Ronaldo's last goal for me and you. Really? I was at that game. Oh, that was a mess. You're talking about clubs that are a mess now. It's oh United's gosh. a mess, too. Yeah. I like Rashford a lot. Me, too. Me, too. He's what a, a good kid, What a too. stud. Like, yeah. Dude's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I'd say Man City, just because okay. I love De Bruyne. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. that dude and what how... What did you think of Old Trafford? It's just incredible to it's be like, there. Yeah, it's, a, it's an atmosphere. So did you get to go oh. to a... You went to a game. Yeah. Yeah, see, I've never... And we have family over there, so every time I've been over, it's always in the summertime, which is the off-season. Oh, it is? Okay. So yeah, I, I went out on tour. Old Trafford. Okay. Yeah. I had the day off. I took a train down from our yeah. hotel, and I met up with a guy I just met the night before in Scotland who yeah. was a fan, and he, he worked out tickets. Wow. <laughs> and, like, the... like the That's a story right The there, season, yeah. season ticket holders. Yeah. Dude, it was amazing. Yeah, I would, I would love to. I went to the World Cup. That's was, cool. I went to the one in Brazil. Cool. In 2014, and that was one heck of an experience. Who won the 14? Uh, Germany. And it was Germany. the year that Brazil got that was spanked by Germany. Crazy yeah. year. Yeah. So luckily, I had left just before that happened. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But <laughs> that's uh, right. You were in Brazil. I was in Brazil. It was pretty cool. <laughs> it was. A, it was a cool experience. That. Though my two experiences was that, and then I'm a season's ticket holder to t- Toronto FC here. Are you? Yeah, and they won the cup in 2017, wow. and that was wild. The MLS. Yeah. yeah. That's that so was, cool. It's cool when your home team, you know. How far is Toronto, that stadium? That was pre-Raptors winning the championship, so that was like the first thing Toronto. It's like, I mean, the Jays won in 93, but it was five, so I don't really remember it, and that's the, the first the thing. The Maple Leaves? The Maple Leaves haven't won since the 60s. Oh, man. Yeah. So, and you could have some angry fans tomorrow because if they lose tomorrow, you get swept by the Panthers. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm <laughs> anticipating it. Yeah. It would be a major comeback for them to. Where yeah. are they down? Three zero and then. Yeah. It's tough. Good grief. Yeah. But, so actually, tell you know what? Tell me about you know you're doing two nights here in Toronto. Yeah. Um, what do you think resonates with Toronto fans? You know why do you think you have such a great following here in Toronto I think we've put in the work okay for so many years I think it's a it's a big market too yeah I mean it's a big city so you have a lot of people coming in I got an email from a guy he's flying in from Winnipeg okay we're not playing really anywhere else in Canada about you know Montreal and Quebec yeah the Um, tough thing about Canada is you've got the east coast and the west coast and nothing in the middle exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. BC and everything over here yeah so it's just it's a big city and we've played here a bunch of times and made a lot of fans and also, you know, this place isn't massive, so yeah. to sell out and push into a second day, it feels good. Yeah. But it's it's also not like we're Taylor Swift. Right, you know? right. No one is. Right. <laughs> good no. Grief. Like three Rogers centers take down Ticketmaster on our own. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Insane. It is. It is. It's, it's wild. Um, great venue, though. I don't know if you've played here before. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome acoustics in that building. Yeah, it's, so. it sounds good in there. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell me, I know we're running low on time here, but tell me, you also mentioned your you teach drums, mm-hmm. and I did I noticed that on your Instagram, it's like right yeah. the venues even are yeah. teaching drums. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm just thinking like if my, you know, if my the drummer from my favorite band, mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to go out and learn drums from them directly. That's a super cool experience. Yeah. So, Tell me about what made you think to start doing that. Did did teaching come naturally to you the same way playing did, or? Uh, I had a few bad teachers as a kid, okay. and I was basically teaching. I'm teaching so that I can help other people avoid mm-hmm. some of the frustrations I had. Right. I love teaching. 
Okay. I, I have seven siblings. And oh, wow. so I'm used to being around people younger than me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting any younger. Mm -hmm. I'm 37. Okay. And I hope to be doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the best thing I can do looking back uh, is, is, is if I were to be able to say, man, it's really cool that I got to help some people out and build them up and teach mm -hmm. them so that they can go and do what I did yeah. for a long time. So I, I, I teach at the venues. I have a little practice set up and uh, I teach before the show, 3.30 to 4.30. Cool. I meet them out front and yeah, yeah. we hang out for an hour. And then I also teach on Zoom when I'm home and I have a subscription-based website yeah. people can sign up for. So I have like a, cool. a pretty small yeah. network of drummers. Uh, we get on Zoom every Wednesday night and do a little drummer hangout. Mm -hmm. That's really cool, man. Yeah. It's like a cool way to also pay it forward, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, if, if uh, you know, Nico McBrain or something was teaching drum lessons when I was in high school. <laughs> You'd be in. I would be in. I 100% <laughs> would be in, man. That would be... Uh, okay, man. Well, I think uh, I skipped a few of these because we, we, we talked about cooler things than I even had written down. So, That's oh, one, there's one great. more thing I wanted to ask about because to me it sounds super exotic being a city folk guy. Yeah. But I read that when you started the band, uh, you guys were playing out of uh, an egg farm or or yeah Tell, my farm paint, paint a picture for me there because like i said someone from toronto that sounds sounds pretty exotic to me you know <laughs> like where there, are there chickens in there while you're yeah. playing <laughs> <laughs> there's eggs cracking all yeah. over the place from the bass from the vibration yeah <laughs> it it was it's true yeah. it's true so our publishing company is still called egg room publishing okay because we started the band actually in my parents basement but not long after get out to the barn yeah and I found this little refrigerated room okay. that was empty and used to um, it was used as a refrigerator for the eggs yeah basically it had an air conditioner in it and we, we, we had chickens and you take the eggs in there refrigerate them and then haul them out okay and so it was a perfect place for us to practice because I could play anytime right it was pretty much mm -hmm. soundproofed right it was tiny yeah yeah there were mice that would run <laughs> Uh, up above us I yeah. put these sheets up to kind of collect the insulation so it wouldn't fall on us yeah. and mice were like oh sweet we can run up right. here and uh -huh. so you we'd start playing and we'd see those little feet <laughs> run it around yeah. but we we had we cut our teeth in that room yeah. I mean that is where we really figured it out That's and cool. then moved upstairs to another part of the barn and mm -hmm. very very important part of my life and, and the band's start was the, the farm and, yeah. and now I own half the farm I farm right. it with my brothers and yeah. my dad amazing man that's yeah. really cool i my parents made me make an agreement when they got me drums that i played in that like two hours between when i got home from school and they got home from work oh yeah because <laughs> i shipped the whole house here, yeah that's I it the whole house yeah, yeah it's, it's a loud it. instrument it is it's, it's, it's amazing like, the patience our parents i know had. yeah i'm i'm going to uh yeah i'm excited to be a dad one day and mm. hopefully do a, as good of a job being like patient about things that you just yeah. don't understand no I and my mom mm -hmm. like the same thing my mom was an angel to put up with oh yeah what she did yeah and we weren't good that's it huh you know we weren't good oh no, there was definitely a time it was not <laughs> it was not good and <laughs> the call she must have got from school and anyways but yeah yeah but i, I saw that you recently uh celebrated an anniversary mm -hmm. congrats we were gonna oh, have a year. similar 
anniversary date. I'm getting married in a month. You Almost are? exactly a month. Dude, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Best Thank thing you. in the world, man. Yeah. I just celebrated We're a year so, yesterday. We just picked up the marriage license before I came here. That's so, so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh, that's the coolest thing. Yeah, it's we're in that like very exciting but like very busy yeah. part of <laughs> yeah when's yeah, the the June wedding 10th. date june 10th, June 10th. okay yeah. we got married may 8th yeah it so, rained four inches friday and saturday we got married sunday yeah sun came out at 1 p.m oh perfect like, they please knew. god that's it. Your, your prayers were answered <laughs> yeah. that's it. oh man well this was awesome man i really appreciate yeah, it. it was this was awesome thanks, thanks for having me cool thanks yeah. man thanks for listening Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcast. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.